Welcome to the Hunting Dog Puller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. This is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love. So y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Today's word, Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com. And they gave us a discount code for 10% off, THDP10. Y'all go check them out. Hey guys, while you're listening, please go leave us a like and a review on your podcast provider. Also, a quick shout out to thehuntingdogapparel.com. You can also find us on Facebook, The Hunting Dog Public. I have a YouTube channel, Outdoors in Moreland. Just check us out. I also leave links for those that y'all don't know in the descriptions of the podcast. That's where you can go and check all this stuff out. Thank you very much for tuning in and for your support. We're trying to grow this podcast. Leave us emails, questions, whatever y'all have. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. And today we are talking to Mr. Mason Bush. Mr. Mason, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Cody? I'm doing wonderful, buddy. Mr. Mason is a fellow podcaster and a fellow coon hunter. He has run deer dogs. Mr. Mason, tell us a little about yourself and where you're from. Well, first off, I appreciate you you bringing me on. It feels good to be on the other side of the mic. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to get on and tell my story. Uh, first off, I'm, I was born in Jasper, Alabama. Uh, I guess I spent my first 10, 12 years of my life there. Um, then after that, I moved in with my dad. He lived up in Northwest Alabama, just above, just above Hamilton, Alabama, not too far from when you had Austin Gentry on here a couple of weeks ago, just not too far from Austin. So, uh, I grew up, graduated there, just North Austin, uh, little town called Haleville, Alabama, went to school at Phillips High School and I moved to just outside of Birmingham after I graduated, got on with the railroad and spent seven or eight years in, in that dungeon. And Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What railroad did you work for? Norfolk Southern. Okay. I work for the BNSF. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I worked for Norfolk Southern for seven or eight years and I, I hated the lifestyle and I got away from it and I've made my way up to Sunnyville, Tennessee. Yeah, what what you doing up there now? 
I work for Barry Kitty. I'm a salesman for him. Uh, he owns uh, exterminating business, and he owns a crawl space business. We're doing capsulations, a lot of drain systems, and I just mostly just sail. I heard that. Yeah. So, so you make a living talking. That's right. I heard Easy that. way. <laughs> that's a that's a good money. If you that's ain't a good right. salesman, you don't have uh, jobs. That's right. So, so how do you like living up there in Tennessee in Barry's neck of the woods? Man, I, I love it. I I didn't know. Well, rewind a little bit. Bubba Robertson, Kevin Robertson, most people call him Bubba. He he was the one that taught me into coming up here. I. He taught me into coming up here. I was helping him on the farm for a little while, and the longer I stayed, the more I liked it. So I'd have my house up for sale when I when I first come up here. Anyways, I, I didn't really plan. On, I didn't really have a plan, but I was I knew I was leaving the railroad. And um, <laughs> anyways, I I'd, I'd already had my house up for sale. It about the time I was coming up here, it, I, I closed on it, and uh, I got a nice place. Way out in the woods, uh, out here by myself, like a little cabin. Out here, I got all the hunting a man could ever want. Just within two or three miles of my house, I've made a lot of friends. There are a lot of real good people in West Tennessee. Really? Yeah. Uh, is is all that public land y'all hunt, or somebody's land y'all hunt, or? No, most of it's uh, private. We do have a a real nice management area. I can't remember how many thousands of acres it is. It's. Um, hatchy management area and it's big beautiful bottoms uh, as good as hunting you can ask for but there is a lot of private land that i've that i've got permission i've met farmers and there's a lot of row crops up here and a lot of a lot of cattle farms and i have i've probably got within within two or three miles of my house i got about two thousand acres that i i got permission to hunt oh well now is that area is that hilly or is that pretty flat um, it's both. If you got some rolling hills and you got you got some flat cropland, it's 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 a little mixture of both. Wow, I got you. Now, did you start off with the coon dogs, or did that come later? How how what was your first adventure in the hunting dogs? I was probably about fourteen years old, and I'd I'd been around some coon hunters and had never went. I made the comment one day that I, I wanted a coon dog, and I think my dad had a friend that that had a red bone he was wanting to get rid of, and he got him, surprised me with him, and I had him probably a couple months before I ever really got to go. And an old man named Terry Kelly, he's from Haleville, he's, he's a logger from Haleville, Alabama. He took me my first time, and uh, between Terry and another man called Perry Dodd, I probably went five or six times before we ever treat a coon, but <laughs> I, I knew I, I loved it way, way before we ever treated coon. I, I don't know what, something about the dogs and, and going, being out, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If, if you love it when you ain't treating coons, when you are treating coons, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it is about the dark and, and hearing a dog out there in the distance working and coming tree i don't know what it is about that but it is a, a really good feeling oh yeah i can remember exactly what dog it was where i was at and everything the first the first coon i ever walked to and, and shot out is which i've always had a real good memory but i, well, I can tell you the exact probably the exact three well tell us what kind of dog it was uh perry had a little english female he called her ann uh she was an older female 
and um, uh, it, it was in Haleville, over by the airport. And Terry was an older man, and he he still hunted with a beep beep, like with a little tracker Maxima, I believe is what it was, old beep beep collar. And uh, it was over by the airport, and we'd cut loose, and I had that red bone. He wouldn't go PPR, <laughs> so he'd come back and hang out. <laughs> And she'd got out of here and out of pocket for a while, and we drove and we drove and drove. And finally, got a signal and 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 finally got in hearing of her. And we walked, we we made our way in there, and she had a cone, and we knocked it out. And, uh, and we ended up meeting another cone hunter later that night. He worked in a coal mine. He got an offer on eleven, twelve that night. We met him. We hunted till daylight and traded a few more coons. But I knew then I was I was hooked. Now, I didn't think about it. Y'all are up in coal country over, in, or I guess it ain't far from me, but it, there is a bunch of coal mines over there in Alabama. Oh, yeah. Most most of the, the land I grew up hunting was, was old strip pits, old reclaimed strip pits. Oh, those are pretty hilly over there. Oh, it's mountains and bluffs and rock. It's, if I had to move back down there, I'd, I'd quit hunting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So, your first time, you was about 14, uh, English female, wasn't the greatest dog, but eventually she did tree, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said, he, uh, she was fine, especially no more than he hunted. Um, she, she was a good little dog, and she would always leave a stamp in my mind on the first coon I ever, I ever walked to, so. Now, did it take, did you hunt with him for a while, or did you all of a sudden decide, you know what? This is this is for me. I need me a dog. Yeah, um, which not too long after that, um, I run into Joey Hyde. He's he's a good friend of mine. Ended up being a boss, and is still a good friend of mine. Uh, he gave me my first job. He's a he's a manager for CVS there in Haleville. He ended up giving me my first job. I worked there for three years through high school. Joey hunted at the time, and he. Him and Heath Hill took me to my first coon hunt. I can remember it. Plain as day is in Sullivan, Alabama. Uh, I walked along with Heath, and Heath was hunting a, I think it was like a grand pup out of rat attack. Yeah. And I think Heath took a bad break. Coon jumped out of the tree. He should have won the cast. Coon jumped out of the tree and judged. Nobody seen it. I think only two people in the cast seen it. And that's about, that's about the gist of that one. But I knew after that hunt that I, I needed something a little bit more than, than what I had if I wanted to, if I wanted to keep hunting. Now, now, at that point, was it still a lot of pleasure hunting, or did that kick off the whole "let me get going" competition wide open? Um, it was still a lot of pleasure hunting. That I didn't have the money to go to very many hunts. I I didn't make much money there where I worked, and um, I'd hunt some dogs for other people later on. And some, some some smaller local hunts, but I mostly just pleasure hunted. I and I I enjoy, I've always enjoyed pleasure hunting, probably more than going to hunts. But so if you stop competition hunting, you still pleasure hunt. Well, no more than I'm hunting right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you're saying you're not either right now? Well, I I have, which we get a little ahead of ourselves, but I I have rounded up a, a little. I think he's eleven months old pup out of electric rodeo. I've been hunting the past few weeks, and he's come along pretty good. Retrieving some cones, about every night I take him. So I'm just, I'm just trying to find that one that'll take me to the top. 
I'm with you. Let's let's hold off on him. So, so you got your dog, went to your competition hunt, kind of took a bad break, but figured out that you needed something a little more better. I don't know that that's a proper technology, <laughs> you know, the proper term. You needed something, a little better dog. Yeah, that's proper enough for coon yeah. hunters. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever said more better. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so so did you uh, have to save your dollars up, or did you talk your daddy into getting you something? Or No, Joey rented me up a dog. She was a little female named Lizzie. She was off Conager. Uh, Conager was a local dog, but a man in Louisiana had her. Uh, her name was Chris Temple and I think Clark Canterbury. They, they owned her. And I'd had her for a while, and she was doing really good. And then she got to where she'd she'd tree coon out a truck, and then she'd never get treed again. And she'd you'd spend till daylight trying to catch her. And she wouldn't let you catch her, and she would never get treed again. So Joey asked around, he, and ended up finding me a dog, which I'd say was my first real dog of my own. He was uh, a man near just south of Nashville, Tennessee. Had him. His name was Shorty. He was off Tequila Sunrise and a female directly off Wipeout Zeb. They made this cross four or five times, and it, it produced some winners every time. Um, actually, my old dog, Pete, he uh, he's off one of the dogs that's that was off that cross. History, uh, history repeats itself. Yep. It's, it's the dog right now, and son making history was, was his daddy when he was off that same cross. Huh. But Shorty, but Shorty was my first dog. Um, he was he was different. He could fly in there and tree a coon as fast as anything, but he'd turn around and tree two possums after that. So. <laughs> I saw and, something the other day that said sometimes I drop my tailgate and holler "Go be great," and sometimes they hear "Go tree a possum." <laughs> so. that, that was about right with him. But he had as much ability he could could tree a layup probably better than anything I've still seen to this day. Wow. There's a lot of times I'd have him on a leash walking back to the truck and he would just rear up on his back feet and go to winding and I'd cut him loose. He wouldn't go 40, 50 yards and just fall a tree and have a coon. Oh, really? That happened That happened a lot. It, it, it happened to cast. Um, he'd tree coons that other dogs couldn't smell. I, I remember I drew out wipeout blaze one night and Shorty went out there and just slammed one and it, blaze and two other dogs in the cast that i can't remember their name they they just barked and boohooed all around this tree could never they never even come i think they ended up coming to the tree late after the tree was dead and he had a cone just but he i don't know he just he was so inconsistent you could never i could never win consistently with him he could he could tree coon as good as anything but He'd, he'd, I'd have 500 plus and he'd turn around and give it all right back. So. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. They kind of got to stay out of trouble once they get all them points. Mm-hmm. How long did you hunt it, though? I had him about three years. I sold him about the time I graduated high school and I didn't have a dog at the time. Chris Ergel, which I'd hunted some dogs throughout my youth, Chris, Chris Ergel had got me. Uh, to take his dog in blue, I think it was blue tick days because they had it in June at the time. It was like the first weekend of June. And I think I'd won, like the first night of June, I'd won a cast with a different dog of his. And I took Chip uh, to blue tick days on Saturday night. And I got in, we hunted off. And I believe I got second. 
so I, I was still a youth at the time. So I took a run there and I got a youth ticket. I know you and Austin talked about the youth showdown and yeah, in y'all's podcast. So I took off that month and I ended up getting a youth ticket. I don't remember how much money I won, but I ended up winning it with three or four different dogs throughout the month. Well, so now is that Ergo? I've got a really good friend named Ross Blair. I think he hunts dogs that. Yep, same man. Okay, same guy. Real good man. Always, always been real good to me as far as if I needed a dog or, or needed anything, he'd he'd take care of me when I was younger. I got you. Ross had told me that he was actually talking to him about maybe coming on. I don't know. You might can. Well, we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I've heard that he has a a pen full of them. So. Oh yeah, well, I think his daughter. She's she just graduated high school a couple of weeks ago. She, uh, I think he's been busy between between working and she. I think she plays about every sport. So between yeah. the two, I he's really hunted too much here lately. Past few years, I ended up getting another one of his dogs. I doubled him up in super stakes. I think in two thousand and fifteen for him. He's off. He was off chip as well. Wow, doubled him up. That's pretty tough to do. I think I was, that was super stakes. I don't remember if he was a two. I think it's a two year old. But so, anyway, so you got you got you ticket. That's right. Did you do any good over? No. Um, I took. I can't remember. I took another one of my buddy's dog. Probably as good a dog as I've ever cut loose over there. But she uh, she went behind us, and I, every other dog went straight in front of us, and she got treed. And she didn't have the best mouth. She got treed. And, I never, I don't think I ever even struck her in throughout that cast. And I, the boy that beat me ended up winning it all that year. Oh, hey. What year was yep. that? Do you know? It would have been 2000 and I got the ticket in 2013, but the youth showdown would have been February of 14 because they had it at Winter Classic. So. I can't remember when Austin said he went. When, when was it? Was that the same year or a different year? No, he may have been qualified that year, but I think. He made he wanted a maybe the year before. Okay. All right. So you went over there. Dog was probably one of the better dogs you cut loose, and it just couldn't make a tree. Yeah, uh, she was a little English female. She, I think she was. She lived over at one time. She was over there in your part. I don't know if you know uh, Cecil Cantrell. <laughs> yeah, he, Judge uh, Cecil. Yeah, he he owned her for a long time. Her name was Rose, and she was a coon treating heifer. She just died. Not maybe a year ago, she was like fourteen or fifteen when she died, and that was a coon tree and heifer. Yeah, I knew Cecil well, Bobby Cantrell. Hey, I don't know. Yeah, if you probably don't know Bobby, but I don't know Bobby anyway. I yeah, I knew Cecil well. Coon hunting was Cecil when I was younger, so that's uh kind of bringing the world back around, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right. So you didn't get it. You didn't do any good at that hunt, but. What was that? What'd you say? 2013, 2014? Yeah. Uh, the, the showdown would have been 2014. So did you regroup and, and started chasing again or, or did you take well, your break after that or what? No, actually that same weekend I'd had, I'd had a litter off that old shorty dog I had before I sold him. And I had a puppy looking back now, I should never got rid of him. He was doing extremely well for his age. And I'd run into weed, Dustin Weed, a few weeks before that and was telling him about him. And he had a dog that I'd hung with before that I, I really liked. He was off Sunrise. His name was Mr. Sunday. Um, his old man that had him over there, I can't remember his name. Uh, Ed, Ed Shoemaker had him. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, Edward. But anyways, we did got him from him, and I hunted with him at the World Hunt, and he'd done really good. And it just something about that dog just kind of stuck out. And I was telling Wade about this puppy, and he taught he taught me into trading. So I, at the Winter Classic that same year, I went to you showdown. We traded, and I brought Sunday home. So that was in February, and I, I he was out of shape. I hunted him up, and I took him in April, and I run him and got a truck ticket with him. Yeah, uh, it was a thirty it was a thirty dollar truck ticket. And I think I won five hundred something dollars in thirty dollar hunts that year, that month. Oh well, pretty good uh, dog he then. Well, he didn't hunt that good, but um, he could he trees and cones around you, and I don't know. A lot of people couldn't win with the dog, but something about me and him bonded. And there's a few other people that had him afterwards and hated him, but I don't know. The dog loved me and done well for me. So yeah, he's one of the It's always gonna stick in my mind. What about? The dog gets you traded. It turned out being a pretty good dog. Yeah, uh, he ended up selling him. I think for a pretty fair dollar. And he was like eight or nine months old when I traded him, and he was already trading coons pretty consistently. Hey. And he traded into a coon, to a just old pleasure hunter around Tuscaloosa, and I've not heard much from him since. I got you. So, <clears throat> when we're probably getting somewhat close, it's looking at the timeline. To- when you went to hunting for other folks, correct? Yeah, well, I had Sunday there, and I done graduated high school, so I ended up selling Sunday. Um, not, I guess, the summer after I got the truck ticket. I, I didn't keep him, and I, and I, I kicked myself in the tail for selling him because I, mean, I didn't have, I didn't really have much money in him. I mean, he was just even if I had kept him as a pet, I should have just, I should have just kept him. But the guy that bought him. I think his name was Justin Atkins. He was from Virginia. He called me and told me that he couldn't go to the truck hunt and asked if I'd take him. I took him over there and he'll be deluxe waxed my tail. <laughs> <laughs> I think he treated three or four singles and I think I treated one. He just, and I think deluxe ended up getting second that year in that truck hunt. But, but I sent him back to Justin after the truck hunt and that next weekend. I left for McDonough, Georgia, starting with the railroad. Oh, so, you wasn't working at home with the railroad then? Well, Norfolk sent you to just south of Atlanta for about a month for training, and I went back to Birmingham, but I was on the road. Once I marked up, I was I was on the road uh, back and forth from Birmingham to Atlanta on call, and I just I hated the lifestyle. I'm, I'm curious, what department was you in? I was a conductor. I was oh, in transportation. Okay. So you was on the extra board? Yeah, and I didn't have to ride it for about two years, but the only thing I could hold was like a pull turn, so I was back and forth. to. That's a tough life because you don't know when you're going to be out. Can't plan anything. Missed yep. birthdays. I've I've, sit, I've had Thanksgiving dinner by myself in, in Waffle House. So it is, to me, the, I'm making just as much money now as I was then. But to me, the freedom outweighs the benefits. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I get it. A lot of people don't understand that that uh, that good money comes at a price. Absolutely, it comes. Uh, it comes at whenever they need you, you gotta go. Railroad pays for your for your time, not you, not you, not you work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. So, all right. So after you hunted uh, Mister Sunday, for him at that truck hunt, did you hunt? Uh, what did you hunt after that? Well, that would have been. About- 
2015. I think that falls when I took that dog. I was coming home from Atlanta. I was on a train on the, on the way home from Atlanta. It was on a Monday morning. I'd worked all night. I knew Super Stakes started on that, that Monday night. I got off work at like 6.30 that morning, and I was going to be off two or three days. And I just got a wild hair, and I called Urkel first thing that morning, and I asked him, I said, you want me to take T-Rex Super Stakes? He said, if you can, go get him and take him. So I had to like round up a lot. I had to, round, I had to like borrow a Garmin. I had to find my waders. I jumped in the truck right then, and I headed to Salem, Illinois. I got beat the first night and doubled up the second night. I took a couple vacation days. I went on to Friday night, and I got beat. I think he treated possum right out of the truck, and <laughs> it just went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's tough, treating one out of the truck for sure. I didn't hunt again for, I guess, three or four years. I didn't cut another dog loose for three or four years after that. Well, most time when people get out that long, they out. Yeah, but I don't know something. I got a wild hair. My buddy Jonathan Thompson had been trying to get me to go. This was this is fast forwarding to about 2018, fall of 2018. He had round up a little female. I I picked her up in Birmingham, West Strickland from Ozark, Alabama. Had her. I, I picked her up from West. Jonathan had bought her, and. I took her, I never hunted this dog. I took her straight to a hunt. He said, she's going to start barking as soon as you cut her loose and she's going to be by herself. So I picked her out pretty quick and I ended up winning. I ended up winning my cast that night. I was in Russell, Alabama. I ended up winning my cast and I think I played her hunting for a couple of weeks after that. We went to a pro hunt, Columbus, Mississippi, a few weeks later and I grew up with Dustin Weed, Brian Layton, and Zach Nolan. And uh, she treated two, only dog treated coons. She treated two coons, just dominated the cast. Uh, my buddy Zach Nolan probably took as bad a break as anybody's I've ever seen in a cast. His dog Chief had treed. We get in there, and me and Dustin is on one side of the tree, and everybody else, and plus the non hunting judges on the other side. We go squalling. This coon looks at me, and like I said, Dustin's sitting, standing right beside me. This coon jumps out of this tree and brushes my my bump cap as he's falling out of this tree <laughs> and me and Dustin's the only two people that sees this and I'm, I'm hollering and trying to run away <laughs> and, uh, this but the bad thing is there's a possum in this tree too oh my gosh so there's a coon and a possum but he was a persim- i'm pretty sure it's a persimmon tree oh a this coon and a possum out. in a persimmon tree Yes, this coon jumps out, so he has the, the non-hunting judge don't see this coon, so he has to score this possum. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Coon and gets minus points. So, oh, so so if there's three, if there's two things a coon hunter don't want to see, and there's one that he does want to see, all three of them's at the same spot. Yep, that's absolutely. A persimmon right. and a, a possum, and a coon. Yep. Wow, that's tough. The coon jumped out. <laughs> Oh, Columbus. That's pretty rough over Yeah. We was in some fair hunting. I mean, I thought, but. No, I was just talking about the city. But, uh, oh, I got you. I got yeah, you. you don't want to mingle over there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's some really good hunting over there. Weed lives, I think he lives over towards Prairie, but, I mean, he's 20 minutes away from there. So. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I told this on Austin's podcast. Growing up hunting around here, I know everybody thinks it's tough around their house, and I'm sure it is. There's some people, but dude, you was competing against what Ward, 
Weed, Austin, uh, and and there's just a handful of other people that's any night of the week is packing really nice dogs. Oh, absolutely. And that's me growing up in the youth. Everybody thinks it's tough now. I, when I was in the youth, I, I hunted against Drake, Peyton Robertson, Dustin Weed, Chase McCaskill, uh, Casey and Cody Stallard, uh, Cody Leonard. There was there was a lot of st- tough competition when when I when I was a youth. It ain't it ain't like it is now. Yeah. And it took it took quite a bit to get a get a ticket or even get in the top ten of the the national the national youth race. And and they and they ain't letting up on you just because you're a kid. No, um, I hunted for Chris Earl, but between him and Derek Miles, which Derek took me to a bunch of hunts, I I, I got to give credit to him. Derek, he's actually a distant cousin of mine. He lives in Haleville as well, but Derek toted me all over the country and helped me out a bunch. Between him, Chris Earl, Justin Steele, and I'd go down to Soldier a lot, draw a lot of them folks down there, Goo Taylor, Austin Gentry, uh, David Crosby, a lot of them Mississippi boys come over, Dustin Weed, Jeff McCord uh, at the time. Oh, um, he's running jigs. Uh, what's his name? Stivers, Robert Stivers would, would always be over there. It's, it, was a tough, it was a tough competition. Oh, Crosby right. always run them blue ticks, didn't he? That's right. He's a pretty good name too, which he's from Sullivan. But yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad person to have on the podcast. He's there's a lot of people that's known of him. I'd like to get Buddy Mobley on. Mm-hmm. I don't. The problem I've got is is I don't think he can hear well, so it'd be tough trying to carry on a conversation. But yeah. heck, I think he actually just got inducted into the uh, what was it, the Hall of Fame or something, PKC Hall of Fame or. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, well, I I had Harold Edwards on. He's I think he's 92. So if I we can get an eight year old on, I guess we can get anybody on. You know, this part of the country, like I said, it ain't nothing to take lightly. I mean, you had uh, Jarvis Humphreys lived in Myrtle, Mississippi. I think probably what an hour and thirty minutes from me. He started a PKC. So yeah, that's right. I mean, it is tough, and and it's. They still hunt pretty regular club hunts. What about up there? Are there a bunch of club hunts up there where you're at now? Oh, oh yeah, there's there's a bunch. You got Moscow. Moscow's my closest club. It's probably 20 miles. And you got Adamsville. You got Lexington, uh, Huntington, Ripley. There's been an hour and a half. I probably got about seven, seven clubs. They still hosting once a month? Oh, every, at least. Oh really? What about your attendance? Have have you seen a drop in it, or is it still pretty strong? Or I think most of them about a couple casts a hunt, but no more than I've been going the past few months. And I've I don't I don't go much to the these little smaller hunts. I should. I need to I need to do better about helping these smaller clubs out, these smaller hunts out. But I've not been enough to to say to be honest with you, Cody. Now, one thing I've noticed is once somebody finds something that they enjoy hunting more or less like a brand of or a breed of dog brand of dog if you will you know kind of like when somebody starts driving a chevrolet they like chevrolets and if somebody drives a ford they like a ford you said you've hunted a lot for urkel urkel and what decided i think you're hunting wipeout dogs now so kind of how'd you get hooked up with barry um i i never met barry until i moved up here which you get a little ahead of herself, but my old uh, my old Pete dog, 
I'd had a litter off him, and I want to get back to him. Cause he's, I've done more winning with him than I've done with anything. I had a litter off him, a little female I had named Brandy. And uh, me and Barry, once I moved up here, me and Barry met, and we got to hunting a good bit. And He really liked that female and ended up buying her uh, about a year. I guess about a year ago. It was last early summer, late spring last year. So that's really what, what got me and him connected. Um, which uh, she goes back to wipe out a little bit, not much. She parks about like a wipeout dog, but <laughs> so a good strike dog. Oh yeah, uh, Josh Michaelis has got her now. He talks about her a lot in his podcast. Yeah, I had her up here. She's after two year old. She's she's a barker. Really, that is for sure. Well, there's people who love that and hate that. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think I can get I can get the truck and roll the window if I have to if I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> well, I'd rather be able to get them first strike points personally than not get them. So, yeah, that a hundred strike it out of the truck it, it definitely puts you in the, in the lead and it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's talk about Pete. All right. Uh, I was talking about Winona a while ago. That's my buddy uh, Jonathan Thompson. We got her. And I got her in that pro hunt. <clears throat> After I got one on, I'd hunted her for a while, and being a, a good friend of mine, Dwayne Boyd, had got to hunting. We'd go down South Alabama to Montgomery, the little management area. It's it's real good hunting down there. And he had he had bought Pete from a guy in South Georgia. Well, me and Dwayne got close, and I talked him into letting me hunt Pete. And I guess the first hunt, I'd only hunted Pete once or twice, and I talked him into letting me borrow him for a truck hunt. CHKC was still open. And they had a truck hunt in Jasper, Alabama. I hunted Winona early and, and got beat. And I had it one, just right seven or eight minutes left in the hunt. She she got treated, and I had to treat her, and she had a slick. Cost me the cast. Late round, I hunted Pete. I, I won, got him in. Like I said, I didn't know the dog real well. I'd only hunted with him two or three times. And the next night, it was coming up. Oh, tornado sirens were going off, winds blowing 30 miles an hour. I've still never hunted in weather this bad. Yeah. Well, I made a bad call and treated him one time, and he he, he just kind of hit up my treating. I made a bad call and cost him 100 minus, and I ended up getting beat by a quarter. It should have been the final four of that truck hunt stuff. Joey Craven that beat me. That's, that's just part of it. I, I should have known my dog better. I should have been more prepared. Yeah, but it's I've had man I've had dreams about that cast more times than once. It's it's haunted it's haunted me. Yeah, but that's it's just part of it. Well, yeah. hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, this competition's a team, and you got to be ready, and the dogs got to be ready. And I was not. Dog ended up going treating coon, got treated again out of hearing because of that storm. I, I should have been able to hear him, but that storm was blowing in. Got treated with a second coon, only dog in that cast to treat two coons, but. That it was just bad circumstances, and it's just the way the, the way the ball rolls. So. Did, well, right before we move on from that, did you watch the pro sport interviews at for the finals this past week? I didn't. I didn't. Well, I, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. It wasn't Josh, and it wasn't Greg. I'm trying to think of the other guy's name. Uh, Jason Daugh- Daughtry. He said, in his opinion. He thinks whoever's winning's already won. We just out here unsnapping these dogs, and and everything's already predetermined. You feel that way, or do you feel like uh, you can control Man, it? I guess in a way, I, I do feel that. But I guess 
if you meant is to it, win, you meant to win, and if you ain't, you ain't, or do you think that you can yeah, somewhat control I, I, it? I mean, you can to a point, but I think just the, I guess, just the Christian in me, I, I think God, God's oh, yeah. done, God's done, made his decision. Who's going? I don't, I don't think Coon Hunts is his, uh, on his, his agenda, really. But <laughs> I think I, he's got some bigger stuff going on. But. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really, I mean, I, I'm about with him on that. I think it's just, it's fate, to be honest with you. Yeah, whoever coins coin, I just I've never really thought too much about that. Well, so. I hadn't either until I, I was watching it, and they said, you know, what do you got to do to win? And Jason said, I think it's already determined who's going to win. He said, I I think all these dogs are ready, and all these handlers are ready. We're just unsnapping them, and who's going to win is who's going to win. That kind of stood out to me because I've never heard it put like that. But you know, I do think everything happens for a reason. So, yeah, I guess yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm about with him. Which I I drew Jason. I don't. I think he mentioned it. I know he's mentioned it on there before. He uh, he made a pretty bad call at a fifty thousand dollar hunt about a couple months ago. And I was the judge. He called. We got into him, and he he had handled the wrong dog. Well, he's not shining the tree, scoring, and I. Coon was a tree over, and I didn't mind us this tree, and we go to leave, and he looks down and said, this ain't even my dog. His <laughs> 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 dog was a couple hundred yards down down this fence row, and another cast had come in, and we'd, we'd done shine this other dog's tree, and his dog was sitting down there with the winning coon. No, and what happened in that situation? I, I mean, he, he treed this dog. Uh, we went in here and shined this dog's tree. Uh, he, he handled this dog, so I the hunt was done over. We this was the last tree we had to shine, and I, I just I minused him. And well, if you handle the wrong dog, I guess technically that's about like calling the wrong dog, huh? Yeah, that's the way. I, I mean, I minused him, and he asked me, he said, "What are you gonna do about this?" I said, "You you you, you walked us in here to this dog. This is the dog we scorned." So, well, I heard that. Wow, <laughs> I've never um, heard of that. I ain't trying to call him out, but he's he's made it very public. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it can happen, man. You get these big old loudmouth dogs going and in the heat of the moment and hunting for big money. I could see it happening. Now, during the day, it'd probably be a little easier to to notice, you know. Right. But if somebody handles wrong dog squirrel hunting, they got a problem. In the mm-hmm. dark, he's probably kind of halfway looking up at the same time as he's handling this dog and... You know, so right. Well, okay. I... Back to Pete, though. Uh, I after that, I, I went to hunt him a little bit, and Dwayne kind of just let me. Dwayne's not in the best of hell, so he he don't get to hunt that much. He just kind of let me take reins over, and I I end up. I know I won a couple pro classics with him. Um, I've won quite a bit. I ended up winning six or seven thousand with the dog, and very limited hunt. Never got to hunt him in a, in a bigger hunt. I'd went. I'd go to some two or three hundred dollar pro classics, and that, that was about his limit. I know last year he's twelve years old, and last year I got him in the semifinals of a truck hunt, pro sport truck hunt. Dang! But they got a senior I, citizen div- division. <laughs> they should. He's he's one eyed, twelve year old. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to have another one identical to him at about three or four year old. I'd I'd get fired back up, but yes, yeah, so that's part of it. They they gonna they all get old. Well, it's like a... Yeah, it happens pretty quick. 
But he's probably been my my most favorite dog I've ever I've ever handled and hunted. It, he's he crazy. Uh, he he barks. He barks in the dog box. He barks in the pen. He barks when you cut him loose. He's and I think the dog's really bulletproof. You uh, you can shock and whoop on him, and he, it ain't going to change him. So I learned that pretty quick. So I just I never correct really corrected him on anything. He's going to be what he's going to be. So yeah, you just uh, ride. Yep, I heard that. And just strap him training. He was, but he had a big old motor. He he'd kill himself a lot in these casts, which I, I did win a lot with him. But he he'd lose a lot of casts by getting out of pocket. He'd tree a coon or two, and then after that, he was gone. You wouldn't gonna hear him again. I'd have to drive around, catch him a mile and a half, two miles or something. And I I drove around four miles before and caught him. Now, did you ever take him to the world hunt? I did. Um, I know I took him twice and i never did double him up i remember one cast that really stands out i, I hunted get some some real good dogs handsome tucker which is a platinum champion a dog named camo he's won quite a bit another little female uh i think she's a willie her name's willow and me and barry was talking about this cast just a couple of days ago i think we treed seven or eight singles and i won that cast with 450 plus and got in the late round, I, he had treed two coons just right out of the truck, just bam, bam. I had three twenty-five or three fifty just in the first fifteen minutes of the hunt, and he blew out. Never got treated again. And another dog ended up beating me by a quarter. Wow! Yeah, I think he had a better. I think he had a better strike. Had beat me by like three seventy-five or something or something like that. That's tough. And I just, I just couldn't catch him breaks. It's just, it's just part of it. But as far as consistent. I mean, that's, that's probably as good as dog as I've ever had, and probably gonna always be my favorite once in a lifetime type dog. But now, now, do you like how does he hunt? Is he more of a hot nosed dog or layup dog, or is he kind of just? No, he was a pretty good track dog. His I got I got a truck ticket with him right before COVID started. It was February of 2020, and you know you got to win more money than I think it's the top three dogs of the month, two or three dogs of the month. And February 21st, I don't have a dollar one that month. And I doubled up at a legacy hunt in Beaverton, Alabama. My buddy, Drake Robertson, said, if you don't go to a couple $30 hunts this week and then go out to Crockett Bluff, Arkansas next weekend, he said, you're crazy. He said, as good as he's looking right now, you, you can probably get you a truck ticket. And sure enough, I I won seven, seven or eight casts in a row with him that week. I went from nothing to twelve hundred dollars that last that last week of the month. Dang. You got a truck repeat. No, I, I didn't. I didn't have him ready come truck hunt time. Weather was bad. Some people where truck hunt was bad. The weather was bad, and I just he didn't look good out there. But his best time of the year was when boars were rutting. When he could get a, a straddle of a, a good running track, that was that was his time of year. So he, he was a good track dog. And this little, this little female that I, I had off of him, Brandy, she was a, she's a good track dog. She can, she can use her nose. She can work out bad tracks and, and grub an old track up and tree them where most of these hot nosed dogs, just a more of an ambush style. Now, huh. Okay. So if he got on a track, he was pretty, pretty well going to end it. Oh yeah. If, um, if he got a straddle of a, a good track, even if he had to work it up, um, if he got a straddle of a good track, it was there was going to be a coon. I, and I could tell you nearly 95% of the time he was going to have a coon up or just by the track he ran. Oh, he, he'd uh, he'd sound different on 
different tracks. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes he just if he just beat around, beat around a little bit, and and just come treat him more likely he wouldn't he wouldn't have it. But if he got a, a straddle of a good track and, and beelined it out of here and, and come treat, I'd, I'd I'd about bet my house on it. He was he'd have a cone. You said that uh, you hunted him another day, so I'm assuming that this new pup's the the freshest thing you hunting right now. Yeah, right now uh, he is. I mean, I, I've hunted a lot of dogs between him and Pete, um, but right now I got a 11 month old pup out of electric rodeo and an old man named Charles Vanderford uh, bred his little sky female to rodeo. And there's four or five of them out of this litter. It's already already doing pretty good treating their own coons. So I'd, I think it's, this litter is going to make some noise next next spring at the one year olds. Really. Well, you know, now's the time for all that pocket money you got. You can go and buy Echo. Yeah, I saw her Scott posting earlier. That's, <laughs> he's he's a little he's a little deeper pockets than what I got. Oh, okay. I thought that you just whoop that out. You know, he's a heck. Hey, that's a big price tag, but that dog has won his fair share. That is absolutely the best dog I've ever I've ever been with. I, I've hunted with him three or four times, and he is a machine. You cut him loose, he's he's kicking dirt in your face, and he's going to be somewhere in a hurry for the country. I'm talking about in a hurry. He actually uh, come from over here next to me. Yeah. Lance uh, Belcher, Lance, had him. Yeah, when Lance and him had him, that's the first time I'd ever heard of him. And I drew him. He treated two coons in an hour cast and looked as good as anything. I I told a few people then that was that was a real dog. Yeah, me and Steve Nix contacted him. Me and Steve told me if I if I wanted him to come get the money, we'd would buy him. And I offered him um, some money, and he said no. And then he come back a couple months later and asked me if I was still interested. But he was still a little bit more than than what we had asked, we had offered, and uh, we said no. And which I, he would have never won what he's won if it had been in my hands. Well, it's, but, it's tough to come up with them entry fees. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It is, it is what it is. That's, that's, but that's absolutely probably the best dog I've ever, I've ever seen go. I've seen him be almost a mile in under five minutes in, in La Plata, Missouri. I, I drew out with him and well, he was, he's a machine. Well, now this new pup you got, how old is he? He, uh, he'll be, a year old, I believe the tenth this month is today, the the seventh. So in three days he'll be a year old. You taking him Get to him. Super Stakes? I plan on which it'll be. It won't be until next April, I believe is when Super Stakes is. So we got a long ways. He kind of showing you something right now, or yeah, still... um, which he still got a lot of puppy in. He don't hunt quite as good as I want one, but I tend to expect old dog results out of a puppy. I have to. I have to keep that in mind sometimes that I'm hunting a puppy and not a yeah a three or four year old dog. I got to know when to train and when not to train. So I I just been letting him kind of do his thing. I don't I don't put much pressure on him and just let him. Let him go be a pup. He trees a coon. I I feed it to him and if he don't, I'll put him in the box and we'll try again tomorrow night. Yeah, I get that. What is he is he going to be more track minded? Is he going to be more of a a hot coon or a you know. Well, he, he's treated a couple coons that uh, has he, been good tracks. Uh, he worked up a pretty good track the other night. I think Saturday night I hunted about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He worked up a, a good track and, and treated it. I got there. Was, that coon was sleeping the fort. I think he had been up for a little while. And I, and I was watching him on the garment. I had another dog. Uh, 
I got Barry's bolt, American Power Trip, bought into American Power Trip. I, I had him as well. I pulled trip off tree, and I think that puppy was eight or nine hundred yards from him. I've been watching him on the garment kind of looks like he'd been drawing crayons on that garment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, he'd worked out a worked out of no track and, and grubbed him up and treated him. And but I, I think he's going to be all right. He's got a big mouth. He's got sense. Um, be, beautiful dog, big red headed dog. Uh, so sounds like he's a loner. If uh... Yeah, that is that's that is one thing. He's naturally he's I've I've been with two or three other dogs other than Trip and he don't pay attention to another dog at all. All right, let me ask this question. It's something I asked Josh Sizemore the other day. But uh do you when you're out working dogs, do you turn one dog loose the majority of the time or do you think that it's better to hunt them with other dogs so that they're not blown away when another dog's in there with them i think they need a mixture um i mean i think there's some things as far as training wise a, a man and a dog needs to be out there by themselves and then i think there's there's times you need to train on them with with other dogs just like it's like anything you need to practice like you play you need to put them up you need to put them in scenarios the same as you'd be in a cast so yeah i think it i think it needs a good mixture what about your scenario on uh, you knocking them coons out to this pup at the beginning, or are you gonna you gonna wait? What's your plan on that? I mean, I, I've been I've been rolling them out to him. I I, I believe in feeding feeding them. <laughs> you hear but, that, Austin? You hear that, Austin? <laughs> he won't let yeah, me shoot when I'm with him. Mm, I come up here, we are gonna shoot everything. <laughs> him, Ross will let me every once in a while, but. He, you know, he, he says we ain't got near as many coons as everybody else, so. That's, that's the thing up here. We got, I'd say, I ain't going to say as much as something like Ohio, but we, we got a fair abundance of coons, and I still treat just as many as I did when I moved up here two years ago, so wow. I, ain't, I ain't about it. They say we ain't got many. Every every deer feeder I got has got seven, eight hanging off of it. But I mean, <laughs> I think I think y'all got more than what everybody says. Austin's Austin's on Facebook Live trading five or six a night, so yeah, they got, got plenty. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there and start shooting them dead blame things. We're gonna have to make Connor <laughs> had to work. That's right. But uh, all right. So you believe in rolling them out? I like it. I mean, I I, I believe in re- rewarding. I mean, I think some dogs need it, some dogs don't. Uh, it's depending on scenario. Like an older dog don't need as many. I'd bought a dog, Wipeout Jackson, and he seemed to do better. The more you coon hunt the dog and, and killed him coons, the better he seemed to be. And that's that's another one that still always kind of stand out in my mind. He he had some screws loose in his head. He was he was a little weird acting, but as far as a coon dog, that's as far as consistently treating coons every time you cut him loose, that's probably the, the best dog I've ever and probably will ever cut loose. He was a machine. What the uh... How long did you have him? I sold him back in January. Uh, Johnny Hamilton's got him now. Uh, Johnny loves him. I bought him from Brad Mitchell. And after I bought him, got him in shape, and told him what he's doing, Brad ended up buying part of him back. Uh, me and my buddy, Garrett Melvin from South Alabama, had bought him, and I think Brad ended up buying part of him back. And he helped, he helped a lot on entries and stuff. But I just he's a low-end strike dog, and, I was thinking of many coons he'd tree that I could do more winning when I than when I'd done that I, I couldn't ever catch a break but in it it that dog taught me it it need you need more than 
it takes more than just a, a tree and a coon to win a coon hunt. It, there's a lot. There's a lot more to it than yeah. It, and just train a coon to win a coon run. So that lower end strike hurt hurt him a lot. And and I I dominated a lot of casts with him. I I'm at the world hunt. I I drew um, Brian, uh, Austin's daddy Brian hunting Abby. <laughs> I bet y'all had a hunt then. He's a character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brian's a good one. Uh, I drew Billy Bale with Shifter and another old dog from West Virginia. And wow. I drew I drew three. I, Jackson treated three singles in the first about 50 minutes of the cast, and nothing else was treated coon. And I thought I, I thought I'd really had some. I, I just got him at that time. And yeah, I went I went out late, and I think we had a four way split out of the truck. I took 25 strike. I was the only one that had a coon. And then he left a tree, cost me a hundred. I was 200 yards from him. Just had to put my leash on him. I won this cast. I, I doubled up the world with him, and he just packs up and leaves. And he was. He was a little weird about that sometimes. I don't I don't know what caused that, but as far as tree coons, a man wanted just to go to tree coons. That's right right there would have been the picture perfect dog. Yeah, and you know, I get I get told you know a, a lot of people are like yeah I got a real good dog. I'm like well have you hunted against anything? <laughs> they're like well no I, we normally just go with my dog and I'm like well. <laughs> You need a measure. Yeah, if if you if you only take one dog, it's definitely the best dog in the woods every time you go. Every time. Every single time. But you know, it might take it. Dog might get treated every five minutes or ten minutes, and that might seem quick. But you got another one getting treated every two or three. Which I'm talking squirrel dogs, but I mean, you know, it could be the same with coon dogs. If one's getting treated every thirty minutes, and you got one treated every fifteen, that's half the time. Right. You know, I mean, you, you need a measuring stick. Yours went a mile. Well, the other one might have went 400 yards. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation, that, especially when you're lining them up in the same patch of woods in the same time, you know. So, what about, uh, you told me that you'd run some deer dogs. Where did you start doing that? Did you do that in Alabama? Yeah, um, my granddad, he before I was ever born, he was he was running he was running deer dogs, and they outlawed um, deer dogs in Alabama back when I was young. And he he went all the way to Montgomery with the Senate fighting for that, and they they just they ended up outlawing it. Now, I'd done it a little bit when I was young, but I killed probably yeah, my biggest buck. He's a hundred sixty inch deer. Well. I'm take that pack. 158, five eighths is what he is. 11 point. He, uh, I was a buddy of mine in Walker County, Alabama. He, uh, he's in a dog club. He yep. called me one Saturday morning and asked me if I, if I wanted to come over and hunt with him. And I was hunting on a lease that I'd had, and some duck hunters had come in there, poached on me, and just shooting a thousand shells. And so I, I just loaded up, went over and hunted with him. And I saw a couple of deer. That morning, in front of the pack, didn't get a shot off. And that evening, they dropped me in a spot. And when I when I got out of the truck, I said, "Man, I ain't gonna see nothing right here. Just a little ridge, and you couldn't see more than 30, 40 yards down this old four-wheeler path on top of this ridge." Yeah. Everybody told me, "Oh, you in the best spot. You in the best spot." So, and I'm running. I'm sitting here on a dog drive with a bolt action 300 wind mag <laughs> <laughs> which is not ideal for y'all that don't no right so 
I'm I'm just I'm over here just kicking dirt. I'm, I'm I ain't really upset, but I'm like I ain't gonna say nothing right here. Well, they cut the dogs loose and uh, they they struck something right out of the truck, just blistered it across this ridge the opposite way. I knew right then I was like I'm I'm out of it. Yeah, like most of these cast them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyways, all of a sudden I start hearing something, someone right at me coming up this ridge. Now, I've I've done paid a guest fee today. I think it was like forty dollars hunt this weekend. Yeah, I had my gun up and I said whatever it is, I'm I don't care if it's a coyote, I don't care if it's a deer, doe, I don't care what it is, I'm I'm killing it. And uh, this 160 inch buck walked into my crosshairs and I, I, I dropped him right then. Did you see know how big he was or did you no, just see a deer? I, I knew he was a buck because as soon as he, I shot him 15 yards away. Wow. As soon as, as, soon as he, he saw me by the time I seen him, I just, I put the crosshairs on his neck, pulled the trigger. He buckled right there and I walked, I couldn't see him after he fell. I walked over that ridge right there and he wouldn't, so he wouldn't lay him 15 yards and I knew right then I've killed a monster. <laughs> <laughs> now the adrenaline, well, I guess you had an adrenaline rush, but there's something about when them dogs was coming at you, which you probably, it's probably awkward for you because you don't really want your dogs running deer. I don't mind it. I, somebody called me the other day, was talking puppies and stuff, and he's talking about breaking them off deer, and that, that's something I've never really done. I I don't mind them bumping some fast game. It, you know, it teaches them how to run a track and uh, like a deer, fox, something like that. I, I really don't mind them running it. Yep. I don't want them treating the possums or putting armadillo in the hole, but don't really want them baying no hawks. But as far as <laughs> a deer, or like a fox or something, I, I mean, I think it, it does more good than bad as far yep. as I don't want them just running them for, for hours. Well, it's, there's I, something about hearing them coming and them getting louder and louder. I don't know what it is, but it's adrenaline rush. Which you probably heard that. You you was probably getting pumped up, but if it had didn't dogs on it and it come through there wide open, which it'd probably been almost impossible to kill it running wide open across that little lane. But yeah, I, I guess it's just a, it's just in our blood. Just a dog man. Did, now that blood. didn't get you wanting to start doing that. Um. Not really. I, after you kill, to me, I don't know, everybody's different. But after you kill a 160-inch deer in, in Alabama, <laughs> you, you know you probably ain't never gonna kill anything much bigger. So yeah. And, and I still deer hunt, and up here I got I got a bunch of real good deer on camera. I don't know, just something. I don't know, chasing these chasing these coon dogs, just do it a little bit more for me than, than sitting in a deer stand. Oh, I get it. I don't know. I I've got to where I do very little, as I call still hunting. Uh, I run deer dogs if deer dogs the season's open, and I'm working my squirrel dogs if uh if it's not open. So it's just something about it, which is a social event, you know. Like I said, me and Austin, Ross Blair, you might know Caleb Justice. Oh yeah, I used to hunt against Caleb. I used to, Caleb used to hunt some hunts around Soldier. Yeah, uh, I still talk to him a little bit on Facebook. He, he's always. Caleb. Him and Ross both. Him and Ross both always been a little tough on me, aggravated. <laughs> Charles Ruffin, I think he used to be in on some dogs with them, but yeah, that's right. And and then there's like I said, there's a, a bunch of other folks, but I think I'd be the only ones that you knew of. But oh, uh, Joseph Hughes. Joseph Hughes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a pretty good group of guys, and 
you pull up and you hang out for a little bit, let the kids play. You go and make a drive or something about seeing them hounds come across that bottom doing working what they're supposed to work and I don't know, you know, a lot of people's like they're abused. No. They actually want to do that. Right. You know? That's they're bred to do it. Yeah. It's it it gets in their blood and about like it gets in our blood and they wake up in the mornings wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. It it about, is what it is. About, about like these coon dogs that bark another puppy I got. It goes to getting dark, he goes to bark. Had to go out there and holler and scream cuss at him. <laughs> you let them bark out there in the pen? No, which I I got back from hunting the other night, put him up, and he went to bark after I'd fed him and I had to go back out there and put a shot collar or bark collar on him. So Yeah. Yeah, I, well I was gonna ask that. I, I run the bark collar. I got some buddies that don't believe in them. They think it before they learn to tree, it kind of messes with their head because when they bark, you know, if you will. And I'm I'm under the impression of I don't want them sitting out there barking. No, I don't. For many reasons. For one, I don't want to listen to them. For two, I don't want them to bark their mouth out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think if a dog's got some sense, he, he knows when to bark and when not to bark. I think yeah. You holler, you holler at them and, and, and get on them and correct them, they should quit. Yeah. You can only spray them with a water hose so many times until they go in the doghouse. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, well, you uh, at one time you got into podcasting with Coon Hunting University. What uh, what got you into that? Um, I was hunting with Barry, and he I think he mentions it in the podcast that I was out there waiting on him while they was doing that podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I was hunting with Barry, and they did the Wipeout podcast, and I met Tyler when when he was there. And me and him talked on Facebook and ended up asking me later on if, I, if I'd be interested in coming on and helping them. And, and I did. And I got to interview a bunch of real good folks. Um, and I don't know, it just kind of went from there. It blew up. We had a good thing, which life just got, life's got busy. And I think Tyler's had bought a new house and just had a baby. And I've had a bunch of things go on here lately. And so has Zach. And, and we just, life's got busy and he just got away from us. Yeah, well, I know people's going to ask because they had heard you on there and they they was going to ask me if, because I'm talking to you, if, the, you know, what the deal was. And I think it's just kind of everybody got busy and it is what it is. Yeah, Zach's had a lot of things. I think his mom, she had, she's been having, I think she'd got diagnosed with cancer and been having to do some, some chemo treatment. And then oh, well. I've, I've got busy with work and I've been dating this girl and it just... Life gets busy. It's, it's, everybody thinks this is this is pretty easy, but, but it's there's a lot of work that goes into it. Oh, it is for sure. Now let me ask this question: a little personal question. Right. Is this girl that you dating since she grew up in a coon hunting family? Is it easier to go coon hunting, or is it still pretty hard to say? You know what? I'm coon hunting every night. Mm. <laughs> I've had to slack off a little bit. She. Um, she don't live right here close, so I had to. We had to do a long distance type thing, but yeah, I I do prioritize her and and know her know that she's she sits above the dogs. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I just thought that since her daddy was a known coon hunter and done it her whole life, that uh, you know, she might understand it. Yeah, and she, she does. She she tells me to go, but I I make it known that she's well one of these one of these old dogs. But when like during the week when I don't get to see her, uh, I, I hunt. I've been hunting a fair amount. Well, we all know that uh, just because they say go 
<laughs> don't always mean good. <laughs> well, that's right. You know, she's, it in kinda... town. she's in town or anything. I don't ever go. Yeah. I spend time with her. Yeah. But if I'm here, I live by myself. I'm here by myself. I, I slip off. I got you. Now, are you planning on hitting any hunts up this year? Or are you going to kind of just work his pup and, and see how he goes? Or, or what's your plan on him? Um, I really don't have nothing planned. I, I'm, I'm real excited about this pup. Uh, Barry lets me hunt a power trip a little bit. I may take him to the world or something this fall. I, I don't know. I'm not talking. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, much less months down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard but, that. No, I, I've hunted a lot of good dogs throughout the years. Um, probably one, I'd say one of my biggest wins. Uh, this is one that's going to stick in my mind forever. I, it's not really a, even a win. I got second in the truck hunt in Arkansas, pro sport uh, truck hunt a few years ago. It took a bad break right there at the end of the hunt. I was winning throughout the whole cast, took a bad break. We got some water, had to call a timeout, but it changed the whole outcome of the cast. Um, and I ended up second in that truck hunt with a, I borrowed a dog from a buddy of mine in Tuscaloosa. His name was Jason Gillen, Frankie Pate. They own a dog named Mojo's Night Moves. Crazy thing about that, all four dogs in that final four was, was a Mojo bred dog. So I think and one of them was Rodeo. Scott was in that final four. I think that, that meant a lot to him. But yeah. He, all, all them dogs were off his, his stock. Now that that rodeo, he's reproducing, ain't he? Yeah, he's doing he's doing well. So this one out here I got off of him. I've had one more off of him. I sold him for he, he got too much of a chance. I think uh, him and Greg's posting pups, or Greg's posting pups pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. And I think five or six out of the top 12 um, out of Super Stakes was, was off rodeo this past spring or fall. I can't remember which one, which, which it was, but he's he's making a show, and I, I think rodeo did well in stud pen. Well, now that dog, you don't think he's gonna, well, if he's gonna be a year old, then he's gonna have to go to what is two year old Super Stakes, or how does that work? No, um, they're almost like he'll hunt his, his one year old Super Stakes next spring. No, no, all of them's almost like. If they're one year old super stakes, they'll, they'll all of them be almost two year old. If their birthday falls right, so time time link it to their three year old super stakes ain't usually ain't but about a month or two away from their fourth birthday. Do you do you hunt him pretty hard, or are you just kind of trying to keep it fun for him, hunting him once or twice a week? Yeah, I've been hunting him. I guess about, I guess about three or four nights a week. I guess the past couple of weeks, um, which. Weekend for last holiday weekend, I didn't get to go two or three nights. That's that's with her, and then um, but this past week I've I've been hunting a little bit more. Uh, it's done started getting pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, I'm wanting to stay. I'm wanting to stay in, but I, I I'm trying to keep it keep it fun for him. The dog, the dog's doing good, so I want to keep it fun for him and keep knocking coons and don't put too much pressure on him right now. I, we got a lot of corn up here. I'm, I'm just trying to keep him in shape and kind of keep him, just kind of keep him rolling until roast deers come in and really set into him this fall. It's a tough situation of needing them to go through the reps and learn because every time you take them, whether they learn how to cross a ditch or, you know, what a, what a this or a that is, they're getting exposure. But man, it ain't very fun when it's hot and the mosquitoes is out and 
it's snakes and everything else. It's just uh, it's one of them situations. It's not the funnest thing, but it needs to be done. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like night four last. I took him and man, I was fighting mosquitoes all night. It was hot, but it's it's sometimes it's miserable, but I mean, just like anything, just like a, it's just like a job. Sometimes it sucks, but you still got to get up and go. Yeah. Them uh them must be nice dogs. I ain't ever had many of them. <laughs> no, I, I know I had it. <laughs> you know, them them must be nice dogs. Everybody else laid up and I'm out there having to work them. So Right. Well, we had talked a little bit and I think you're interested in kinda coming on and helping us out and joining the team, try to get some of these coon hunting podcasts out here for the people. Yeah, uh, maybe you talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to try to come on and help y'all out and kind of help build it up a little bit. Um, I think I'm going to try to get Kitty on by himself right off, right out the gate. He'll be, he'll be the simplest one to get a hold of. So, oh, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's a celebrity. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, all uh, for it. Yeah. He's, he's a good one. He's, he's taught me so much about a dog and, um, just, just everything just between work and a dog and handling and me and him draw out with each other. You'd think we'd put one, one of these dogs in both of our names so we would have to draw out with each other, but I'd rather draw Barry Kitty than, than anybody. He's, he's very competitive and we'll drive, we'll drive to the hunt together and then get out there and draw out together and <laughs> fight like cats and dogs throughout the whole hunt. But yeah, after it's over with, it's all, it's all good. I mean, I know two nights in a row. I guess back, back in the winter, I still had Jack since it had been about December. We drew out with each other two nights in a row, and we fought like cats and dogs, nearly the whole cast, just competing. But it's it's always it's always a good time. I try to have a good time. I don't like to argue, but I, I want to be competitive. Well, it's funny when you hunt with somebody regular and know them pretty good. Like, you know the holes in their dogs, so you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to capitalize on – on what they don't do well in the hunt. Right. It's a, it's mm-hmm. kind of good and bad, but whereas a dog you don't know, you're not in your head thinking, all right, he's going to do this and that, and, you know. Right. It does help. It, it does give you an advantage. But then again, he's, he's, been, around the, he's been around the game for, for quite a while, so he probably knows my dog twice as good as I do. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a strategy, and uh, – I think what the Josh Michaelis said that it's a team. You're supposed to try to help the dog win. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get it. I like it. So I always try to help mine, but he don't. They don't try to help me back. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do so much. Yeah, so. I've been on a I've been on a streak past for a while. I guess about time since I, I guess since I put Pete up, he's. I've been on a, I've been on a losing streak. I, I win one here and there. Just, just take the craziest breaks, the bad breaks. Uh, but it's I don't know. Everybody goes through a spell. I'll get one that gets me back, back in the saddle, and we'll roll. Yeah, you know it's uh finding one that you like for whatever reason, and once you find a dog that you like, it's really hard for the next dog to come along and please you. That's- oh yeah. It seems it like it for me. So, like, Pete, yeah. he's got some big shoes. This pup's got some big shoes to fill. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. But I'm I'm trying to find – I was hoping one of the puppies off of him would do it. But 
they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always breed him again, I guess. No, I, we tried to collect him, which he's coming 13 year old. I, we tried collecting him, but he, he's too far gone, too old. So, well, I got you. Well, guys, uh, Mr. Mason's gonna join the team. So, if you got any coon hunting questions or or if you got any suggestions for who you'd like to hear, uh, we're going to get him on the Facebook and the email, and he'll be able to see all the messages just like we will. So that and I guess on Facebook, you have yours is Mason Bush. So That's right. I'm sure most people have heard you before and contacted you. So mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all was doing it through the coon hunting you or if they was actually messaging you directly, but... Mostly to the coon hunting you. Some would, some would um, mess me directly. People that, that knew me personally. Yeah. But well, we're trying to grow this thing and, and keep it going and, and give people like you're like I am. You listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, the downfall of doing the podcast is you don't get, you're, you're pretty much doing one that you've already heard. So you don't get to listen to your own. But right. it's a lot of work and. We appreciate everybody listening. So, any support that we can get, we're here for it. Um, before we get off here, I want to say thanks to you for bringing me on here. And there's, there's, man, I could sit here and talk for days. And there's a lot of people I wanted to bring up and didn't really get to. Uh, well, let's talk about them. Along the way, uh, when I was younger, like Brian Sparks, uh, Johnny Turner, I mentioned Chris Hurgle. Uh, Joey Hyde, Heath Hill, Derek Miles, and Terry Kelly, Perry Dodd. All them kind of set the set the road for me when I was younger. Um, yeah. If it ain't for those people helping you along the way, they I mean, you, you'll never make it. Michael Ward's helped me tremendous. I, I found a lot of dogs from Michael. He's, he's always been a good friend and, and kept me in, in, in a dog when I didn't have anything. Uh, Kevin Robertson, he's – He's going to move me up here, and he's he's been good to me. And man, I, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't what for Bubba. He, he turned my life around as far as moving me up here and, and helping me out. And I mean, I I thoroughly love it up here in West Tennessee. I, I tell everybody it's just the best place on earth. Yeah, Kitty's helped Kitty's helped me a lot uh, between working and dogs. And I'm sure I'm missing a, a bunch of people, but. They were the ones that really, that really stand out. Well, I'll say this: you've had some pretty good coon hunters in the background that's helped you get to where you're at. I mean, oh, I, just a, just one or two of them, most people would be lucky to have, and you have a whole list of them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's something else we can talk about. You know, I I think that a lot of us take it for granted that it it's a common knowledge, I guess you will, but we need to get people into hunting. We need to support new hunters or youth. Um, that is something that comes easy to us because we've done it our whole lives. It's not easy for somebody that has no idea about a dog. Absolutely. Whether it's coon dogs, rabbit dogs, deer dogs, squirrel dogs, whatever, the knowledge I, I started as a young child running deer dogs with my dad, I can tell you the very first place that I killed a deer with a gun in front of a dog at eight years old. I mean, it's just, and the little stuff that we do 
that we don't think about, a new person don't have a clue about. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we grow the community, then that's the more people that, or I guess that's the more people on our side and the less on the opposite side because they don't know. You know, if they get in the, in the coon hunting, and I know you're not like this, but just say they draw out with Mason Bush and it's their first cast ever, and Mason just is rude to them and wears them out, they probably going to get out of coon hunting and be against coon hunting. Right. You know. A lot of people think these competition hunts are full of cheaters, and, and it's it's not anymore. I, I rarely ever have a bad cast, and it's usually – the bad casts are usually people that don't know the rules or don't know their dog. Well, they, they, they didn't get cheated. Hunt. They think they got cheated because they don't know the rules. They don't know any better. Yep, that's exactly – they're not prepared. That, uh, like, PKC and pro sport, that, that P at the beginning stands for professionals. So. You need to know the rules before you get there. Well, I mean, here's the deal. They're free. Yep. I mean, if, if they cost money, if, if it costs $5,000 on the rules, okay, yeah, you might have to go off of, some people might have to go off of what other people tell them. Dude, they're free. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse not to know the rules. I mean, I wouldn't go to a, I, I'm, I pleasure hunt with my buddies here and there when they let me, Austin and Ross, shoot coons. If if they don't let me shoot coons, I'm not much on going. It is what it is. I understand it. Right. But if I was going to a coon hunt, I'm reading the rules. Exactly. You know, and I think that uh, on this podcast, that's really the reason we started is to be advocates for the dog hunting community. And I've got a butt. Well, Caleb Justice's boy has been wearing me out about taking him coon hunting. And I'm kind of a little bit leery. I'm sorry, squirrel hunting. And I'm leery about it because of the snakes. So I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta try to find him some hip boots because I don't really want him walking around out there in no knee boots. But I'm gonna start taking him just because he absolutely loves going. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm not just talking about it. I'm on plan on starting to do it. So, taking new people hunting or youth hunting, that's the only way we're gonna grow it. Absolutely. I, I love messing with youth. I went to the youth world, helped judge, and I took I took off work and took, I don't know if you've ever heard of T.J. McCulley. I took him up there, and I take Levi Robertson. Yep. So I've, I've coded both of them around the country, the youth hunts. I, just, uh, I, I know when I was their age and people helped me out, so I, I try to pay it forward. I know old man in Jasper, Alabama bought me my first pair of waders. And he wouldn't let me pay him back. He told me just when you get old enough to that you can do this and pay it forward and you take care of another youth. So, and that's something I always remember. This was this has been thirteen, fourteen years ago. And that, that that exact phrase is always stuck in my mind. So I I've always kept try to keep my word to him and then pay it forward. So Well that says a lot about your character because a lot of people wouldn't wanna take youth up and up and down the country. So you know that's uh that's pretty honorable there. Um, that's pretty. I'm I'm impressed with it. I guess you could say, because you know, most of the time youth are kind of immature and and or they their parents don't know how much it's going to cost, so they don't have money. So you're kind of having a kind of like a, a best little friend that's broke. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I don't I don't expect them when I take them. I don't expect them to pay for anything. I just. I just tell them to come on and let's go and 
maybe they'll pay it forward again one day when, when they're my age. So They might be on the Hunting Dog Public Podcast talking about Mason Bush hauling them up and down the road. I hope they remember me. Between the two, my, my nerves are usually shot by the night. So Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then after you treat a couple of possums, it's even worse. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to kill them, dogs, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Well, uh, well if you you got anybody else you want to shout out? No, that's, that's about it. There's maybe a few more. Uh, well, well, you finna get to from... shout them out every, yeah. every, yeah. every time you come on. I mean, it's uh, so if you miss anybody, there is uh, one thing about it. Once a month, you're going to be able to uh, talk about them. That's right. Uh, going back to Pete, I know Dwayne Boyd and Bill Cox, they, they really they helped me a lot with him. That, that kind of paid my way to meet a lot of people and, and win and, and give me the opportunity to, to have a real good dog. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot more, but that's all I can think about right now. I've been blessed with these dogs and, and be able to meet the people that I've, that I've met through coon hunting. Um, I've... I've been at the highest and the and the lowest. I guess I, I got to be the final judge of the the PKC World Hunt this past year. That that's something that I'll, I'll always forget. I'll always remember. Um, it may not mean a lot to anybody, to some people, but it meant a lot to me. And it'll be the the final judge of the most one of the most prestigious hunts there's ever going to be. But coon um, hunters, most coon hunters are good people. Barry says. Uh, when you when you take when you put your leash put your leash back on in a cast it knocks your angel wings off <laughs> you know it makes <laughs> sense though <laughs> i mean uh I've, we can be best friends and even us practice hunting i've got a buddy that i practice hunt with and uh, practice hunting that 90 minute cast i'm trying to beat you Mm -hmm. we're we're, we're, we're buddies but i'm trying to beat you in that 90 minute cast now now after that 90 minutes cast is up we're trying to beat everybody else that's right but for that 90 minute cast even for fun on a saturday morning when it might or might not be squirrel season because we're just you know exercising dogs Mm -hmm. i'm trying to beat him and that's uh that's just the way i am i'm a competitive person after that, we're we're good friends, and we want to beat everybody else. I'm I'm out for me during the ninety minutes, and then after that, we we can all be buddies. We can all oh, shake yeah. hands. I don't I don't carry no feelings on my shoulders. I don't I don't. I mean, a lot of people do. A lot of people take it personal, but I'm out there to win, just like they are. I get it. You know, if if nobody cared if we won, there's no sense in keeping points. Exactly. We, we, can play, we can pleasure hunt for free. <laughs> yeah, for, for for sure. And I, I don't know, I ought not say this, but I kind of live by the motto, if if you show me somebody that's okay with losing, I'll show you a loser. That's right. I, that's not politically correct in today's world, but that's what I teach my kids. We we don't, if we throw in rocks, we want to throw rocks farther than everybody else. If we dig in ditches, we want to dig a foot farther than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's the way I am, I, and that's all there is to it. I don't let I don't let my kids win. I'll give them a head start if we're racing far enough to where I think it. I can barely beat them. <laughs> yep. We don't jog. So my girlfriend's same way. She I don't, 
we everything's a competition with her and her daddy's the same way so she gets it on it so <laughs> it don't matter if it's a board game or if it's like you said throwing rocks it's it's always a competition okay will she put a light on she'll go every now and then she ain't i wouldn't say she's much of a coon hunter but she she don't mind we went a few weeks ago carried a cage coon cut loose on kitty's pup she went with us so that's she pretty... don't, she don't care too much about knocking them out, seeing seeing that go on. But as far as seeing a dog work, she she enjoys it. That's pretty cool. I've got some buddies that uh, well, I've done said them, but they was telling me about a story about them going up there and hunting at Kitty's house. They said they pulled up at that cabin up there at like Taj Mahal. <laughs> what do you say? This is a house that Wipeout built or something? Yeah, that's right. So a lot of them, a lot of them's right there. I know Hellbilly. Uh, Hell Ruby and Zeb and Zeb again, they're all, they're all buried right there in his backyard behind a shop. Well, he's had some good ones. I mean, that's for Barry. sure. You know, yeah. did you just Barry's been, go ahead? Barry's been real blessed with, with, with some real good dogs throughout the years. He's, you know, like I said, he's about like the Daryl Earnhardt, a coon hunting for a long time. So. Yeah. Now, people, people blow his phone up still to this day about puppies and dogs asking questions. It's, I don't. I don't see how he does it. I'd change my phone number. <laughs> yeah. Do you go? Did you go a different route because you didn't kind of feel, want him to feel obligated to keep you in a dog, or you just he didn't have nothing going that you was interested in, or? Um, come out as far as me hunting this Mojo bred dog. Yeah. Um. No, I was, I was, I was kind of worried that he'd disown me or fire me or something because I because I brought his dog around. <laughs> He's got power trip there at his house right now, and uh, he's got a puppy off Colt 45. It's about the same age as this, this puppy I got. He just he don't got much going on. I just kind of wanted something just to fool around with, really, something to keep me busy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't he, – he usually stays with the wipeout bred dogs, but, I mean, I really don't care. I, I just I just like a good dog. I like – I don't care how they bred. I'm I'm more particular about how they look than how they bred. I don't I don't like an ugly dog. Well, I heard that. It's tough. If they ugly, they better be nice. Yeah, absolutely. So if they're ugly, they don't get they don't get much chance around here. I'm not I'm not gonna take one Oh, it's funny. That's no. funny. Well, that's but it's the truth. I mean, nobody wants an ugly dog. So. If it's ugly, it better be real nice at the beginning because they, they ain't getting a lot of shots. Nobody wants an ugly woman or an ugly dog. So that's the truth. <laughs> it is. The tr- well, it's funny, but it is the truth. I mean, <laughs> most most pups are picked on on looks. That's right. So well, you got to go by when they're when they're born. Well, that's for sure. Do you have a spurt, certain way you pick pups? Uh. I usually go for for a bigger dog. I, I don't know why. I like a bigger puppy. I like a, a, a I like their head. I like the way they're colored. I like a red headed dog. A little smut on its face. Uh, but other than that, not really. Um, I got you. I'm not I'm not big on a black headed dog. I like I like a red headed dog. I like a puppy that's got some sense. If they're kind of gamey, kind of kind of faster when they're seven, eight months old, uh, seven weeks old. I'm sorry. But other than that, there really, really ain't too much to go by. They all got to be trained. That's the way I see it. Yep. I heard that. Normally the one that's uh, the best one in the litter is the one that gets hunted the most. That's right. So, 
Well, all right, buddy. I'm finna get off here. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed it. I, I appreciate you. you. You asking me to come on here. Yes, sir. And uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future and you coming on and being part of the team. I'm really happy that you decided to help us out because you do an exceptional job and you know the coon hunting community about as well as anybody. Well, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And guys, y'all hit him up. Y'all contact us with some uh some of the people he's i'm sure he's got a few people in mind he's gonna do but i'm sure he's open for suggestions or contact info if y'all are interested in hearing certain people or certain questions so that's right look me up on facebook uh i ain't, I ain't hard to find just give me a shout all right buddy i appreciate you coming on and i'll talk to you later all right see you coach. all right buddy we'll see you.